Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart and bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to have Joy back and feeling good, and Jude back and feeling good, and everybody and uh, excited about uh, the Lord um, touching touching others and getting them back. We're missing uh, Scott and Kristen, and ready for them and their family to be uh, to be back and uh, and continue to pray for uh, for Monty, uh, my father-in-law. We're ready ready for him to be out of the hospital and back. And uh, thankful for the Lord's healing touch on him, uh, and, uh, and and thankful for all of you uh, who are here, and all of you who are uh, watching online. Uh, as as the screens say, uh, we want to continue our series. Uh, the Bible tells me uh, so. Uh, um, you know, if you, if you've been here, we're we're looking at that uh, that wonderful uh, uh, Sunday school song that many of us grew up. Uh, singing, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you think about that and, and really look at that, that one line of that song. It's just, it just makes a powerful uh, statement and, and really gives us a powerful outline uh, for, for our lives. There's, there's the doctrinal statement, uh, Jesus loves me, uh, and then there is the uh, the. Uh, the uh, supporting uh, statement of, I know this because the Bible tells me so. So you're saying, Jesus loves me. Uh, This I know, I am sure of, I am certain, I am 100% convinced uh, because the Bible tells me so. Now, you may ask, you know, well, why is this uh, why is this something that we need to talk about? Why is this so important here and now? Uh, and the reason would be, uh, one of them, uh, is I think that a lot of people are, are getting away from this, uh, which we kind of expect uh, when it comes to, the, to those who are in the world, uh, who, who are, you know, what I mean by that is who are not uh, in Christ, uh, who, have, who are not Christians, and, and when I say Christians, um, I, I, I'm talking about those who, who have run to Jesus, who are washed in His blood, who, who believe and know that He's the only begotten Son of God, who confess Him not only as Savior but also uh, as, as Lord, uh, who are living their lives uh, following after Him. They're followers of Christ, disciples of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. As, as followers of Jesus, you know, we... We live by the Word of God. For, for us, it is the Bible tells me so. It, it, the old song, we've been talking about it as well, the B-I-B-L-E, you, you remember that one? Yes, that's the book for me. As, as Christians and, and pastors, we need to be declaring that it's the Bible that is the book for me. It's the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's 
the book for me. It, it is the Bible that tells me so. It's the Word of God that is the lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. But, but in the days that we live in, there are, there are, of course, those in the world who, who are making doctrinal statements, uh, believing statements, uh, uh, faith uh, statements, uh, truth statements, uh, and, and are supporting them with, with uh, not the Bible tells me so, which we expect. But the troubling thing is that there are Christians uh, who, who are departing from the Word of God. Uh, who, who no longer care what the Bible uh, says, and, and they're believing and, and, and declaring and, and living uh, by things that are not only not what the Bible says, they are uh, against what the Bible uh, says. Even, even there, there are even pastors uh, that, are, that are turning away from the Word of God and no longer declaring what the Bible says and, and are even saying that that the Bible's not relevant anymore. Preachers, uh, pastors, was it you telling me that? That you heard a, a, a preacher, <laughs> if that's what you want to call him. I would have other words. <laughs> Declaring that the Bible's no longer relevant in our day. That it's not something that we can uh, lean on and, and, and build on and, and, and live by. I don't want to be him standing before Jesus someday and, and giving account for the, for the authority and the position that he, that he has. We, as the people of God, have got to get back to the Bible. It's, it's got to be the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that is the book for me. We, we've got to be able to, to declare what we believe and back it with the Bible tells me so. Now, now, now you may say, why is this, why is this so important? Why, why does this matter? Why, why is this such a big deal? And, and, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. And I'll tell, tell you why. And, and this is important. And you need, to, you need to listen to me. And all of you listening or, or watching, you need, you need to listen to me. The, the reason that this is so important, the Bible tells me so, is, is because truth matters. Truth is a big deal. Truth is important. It matters. And, listen to me now. No, this is crazy. Not everything is true. Truth matters, and not everything is true. There, there is false. There is wrong. There is deceit and deception and lies. There is, there is truth. It matters. It's a big deal. And, and not everything is true. I don't know if they still do this in, in school or not, but when I was in school, we would take true or false tests. I don't know if they do that in school anymore because that would go against the ebb and flow of the culture. If you have a true and false test, then all of a sudden you're declaring that, that there's false and not everything's true. But, but we used to have it, and you would simply read the question, and you would decide if it was true 
or if it was false, because it could not be both. There's truth, it matters, and not everything is true. You know what else is, is, a, is, is a reason why this is such a big deal and why this is so important is because there is good. And good matters. And not everything is good. Some of the friends I used to hang out with when I was a teenager, I remember one of them, he, he would all the time say, it's all good. It's all, you guys say that again? Is that back around? Is it, it's all good. Did we say that? It's not. It's not all good. A lot of it's bad. There's, there's good, and good matters, but it's not all good. Not everything is good. There is bad. There is destructive there is wicked and evil. There, there are things that we embrace that are not good for us. There, there's good and good matters and not everything is good. Not every path you run down leads to life. Not every path leads to blessing. Not every relationship is going to be beneficial. Not every decision is going to be good. There's good, good matters. We want good, we need good, but not everything is good. There are things that kill, steal, and destroy. It's just the truth. How do we know? The Bible tells me so, and life tells me so. If you've lived very long, you've got to come to to grips with the reality that there's good, and it's not everything. That it's not all good. I know know, know, we can say that, and, uh, and I know it doesn't exactly mean exactly what we... We're not actually saying it's all good. But just for clarity, it's not. It's not all good. That's why God said, He said, He said, I put before you life and death. Choose life. I want you to, not everything's life, choose it. I want you to live. Now, let me tell you something, tell you something that you know. God is truth. And God is good. And He wants for us truth, and He wants for us good. He wants for us life, and that more abundantly. And so He has given us the Bible, and it is good. He has given us His Word, and it is true, and it will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path if we will let it, and it will lead us in the ways of life. It will lead us in the ways of truth. It'll lead us in the ways of good so that, so that we are experiencing the goodness of God and are living in the truth of God. We need truth, and we need God's goodness. You know, you know one of the, one of the, uh, the, 
the things that makes truth so important. There there are so many things, but what does Jesus say in John chapter 8 about truth? There's a connection between truth and freedom that is, you can't separate one from the other. And he said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you, set you, keep you free. If there's not truth, there's not freedom. So I know, I know we've said this, but it's worth saying again that, that we believe, I hope we do, I do, hope you do, that the Bible is true, that it's the Word of God, that it is, that it is true, and, and that it's good, and that if we live by it, it's, it's going to bring truth and goodness to our lives. We believe this. If we depart from truth, and truth and freedom cannot be separated, if we depart from truth, what do we also depart from? Freedom. If, if we continue as Americans in the land of the free to, to run the word of God out of our culture, what, what else are we running out of our culture? We're running freedom out of our culture. It will go. We're seeing, we're seeing glimmers of it right now. Freedom will go if truth goes. The house of freedom is built on the foundation of truth. If you knock the truth out, the house goes down with it. There will not be freedom without truth. So, so it's, about, it's about time for the people of God who, who have been given the word of God, who, who are called to contend for the truth, to stand up and contend for the truth. To proclaim what is false, call it what it is, and, and to proclaim with boldness, gentleness, and love the truth of the Word of God. Now, I, don't, I don't know, I, I probably shouldn't say like in church, some of the movies I've watched, uh, and, but you remember that movie Gladiator? You know, it is a little bit rough. I'm not saying you should go watch it, but there are some good lines in that movie, uh, Gladiator. And, and, and one of the lines that comes to my head right now is he, is he's, he says the, the time for, the time for uh, half measures and, and no action has, has come to an end. I think maybe as the people of God, we've, we've seen some shifts in the time that we live in. And, and it's a time for us to get stirred up fired up, uh, passionate, and to be about God's business and to be proclaiming the word of the Lord. Because we want for everyone truth. Because we want for everyone freedom. And we want for everyone the goodness of God because we want for everyone the abundant life that is found in Christ and in Christ alone. And we gotta, we got to stand against some things for, because, because of the people that those things are, are destroying and how it is affecting their lives. We, the people of God, have, have got to be people who are saying, Jesus loves me, He loves you. This I know because the Bible tells me so. So we are, uh, 
have gotten into this series here, and, and we are, um, are, are learning how to, last Sunday we learned how to, how to watch over uh, our doctrine, and watch over our, our, our faith, over what uh, we uh, believe, and, and how to establish it and, and build it. And we asked this question, uh, who are you uh, listening to? And, and so I just want to continue on this, uh, just, just one more Sunday, this topic of who are you uh, listening to, because it, it, it seems like it's not a big deal when it comes to our doctrine, when it comes to what we believe, but, but really this is huge. Others in our lives have such an influence over us. We are, we are so influenced uh, what we believe is influenced, what we say is influenced, what we think is influenced, what we do is influenced by those who are around us, by our connections, by who we are listening to. This is why Proverbs says that if you walk with the wise, you will grow wise. But if you are a companion of fools, you will suffer harm because, because Solomon in his wisdom recognizes that we are influenced by others. And so we, we've got to be careful in our relationships, careful in who we listen to, who we allow to speak into our lives, who we are giving influence to. Many of the mistakes that, that I see people make in life come because they're just listening to the wrong people. Many of, the, many of the false doctrines that I see Christians believe come because they are just listening to the wrong people or the wrong person. And many of the, many of the decisions I've seen as I watch them play out and see them make what, what I would say, man, that is a wrong decision, I see because they're just They've gathered around themselves the wrong people and they are listening to the wrong voices. We see this in Scripture as well. Why did the children of Israel end up wandering in the desert for 40 years and not, and not able to go into the promised land? Only the generation, the younger generation, was able to go into the promised land. What was their big mistake? They, they listened to the wrong ten guys. There was twelve of them. Two of them said, trust the Lord. He's going to lead us to victory. Ten of them said, run for your lives. We're going to die. And they listened. All they did, they just listened to the wrong people. They listened to the wrong voices. And it led them astray. They wandered in the wilderness. They never did enter into the promise land just listening to the wrong people what what after after the the death of king solomon what led to the di- division of the nation of israel to the separating of the 10 uh, tribes and and the two uh, tribes in the northern and southern uh, kingdom what led to that it was it was rehoboam uh, listening he just listened to the wrong people he had two different voices telling him what to do and he just made the mistake of listening to the wrong people 
It, it seems so easy, but this can be challenging. It, you know why it can be challenging? It, it can be challenging because we live in deceptive times. And, and it's just getting worse. Miss Carol and I talked after, after service last Sunday, and, and she reminded me that, that when Jesus was asked about the last times, the first thing he said is, watch out, it's going to be deceptive. There's going to be many who come and deceive. They're going to be coming from all different directions. They're going to have all kinds of different stories. There are, there are deceptive times, and the closer we get, the more deceptive it is. And I think of Revelation chapter 12, where our enemy, the devil, is thrown down to earth, and it says, it says in that chapter that he's that he is furious and that he's mad because he recognized that his time is short. So he like, he like turns up his intensity, if you will, because he recognizes his time is short. And he recognizes as the time goes by and, and things take place that his time is less and less and he gets more and more intense in his deception. And he is so deceptive that he leads the whole world astray. We, we don't need to underestimate him. In Christ, we don't need to fear him because we can overcome him. But we do not need to underestimate our enemy and think, I can live without what the Bible tells me and not be deceived by the enemy. And think, you know what, I can just gather around me whoever I want to, to, to speak into my life and think I'm not going to be deceived by the enemy. No, no, no. We had better watch over our ears and who we are listening to and make sure you've got the right voices in your life speaking to you. Because I don't care, I don't care, man, we are all influenced and if we walk with fools, we will suffer harm. But if we walk with the wise, we will grow wise. One of the, uh, one of the uh, things that Paul said to Timothy uh, in, in 2 Timothy 3, uh, verse 14. Let's just read that. 2 Timothy 3, 14 is, is a reminder of who he's learned from, who he is listening to. Uh, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and, and become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it. He, he makes this connection for him that it's so important, Timothy, that, that, you, uh, that you stand on what you believe, on what you've learned, on what you've become convinced of because you know your grandmother and, and your mother and, and, and me, the Apostle Paul, writing, not me, I'm Jason, but you know I'm talking about, the Apostle Paul. You know, you know who you have learned this from. You know these are good, true, life-giving voices in your life. So, you, so you gotta, you've got you've to remember uh, uh, who God has used to speak into your life and make sure that you've got the right people that, you are, that you're listening to and not make the mistake. And it's not always easy. Because sometimes people can look like the right people and sound like the right people. Isn't that, that's what the devil does, right? Deception is deception because it's deceptive. He comes as an angel of light. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. 
It's difficult and challenging to recognize. That's, that's why we've got to make sure that, that, we've, got, that we've got all of our, all of our checks in balance you know, so that we are not led astray. And, and one of them is who are you listening to? Verse 15, and, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. So here, uh, not only do we have who are we listening to, but, but we've got the Holy Scriptures that are, that are essential in our lives to keeping us from being deceived and led astray. The Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's it's about time we lay hold of the Word of God and hide it down inside of our hearts because it is going to to help us to become uh, servants of God that are thoroughly equipped for every good work. Because not only does God have good for us, but He has good for us to do. And we want to be thoroughly equipped to do the things that God has called us to. To do. 2 Timothy 4. I know we've read these scriptures. Let's read these all again here. In the, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Preach what? The Bible, the Word, right? It's not, it's not preach your opinion or preach self-help books or, or, or preach the ideas of the culture or, or the truth in Hollywood. Timothy, as a preacher of the Word of God, is to be a preacher of the Word of God. He is to preach the Word. And, and, and if you've got a pastor that's not doing that, go look for a pastor who will. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction according to the word of God. So so now, uh, don't you love how the Bible is not just a history book, but it's a prophecy book. That it it not only tells us what has happened and, and what is, but what will come. He says, for the time will come when people will just, they'll just not put up with sound doctrine. So there is sound doctrine, and it's not everything. There is truth, and it's not everything. There is sound doctrine, and and the time will come when people will not put up with it. So there's going to come a time when when people are going to say, I don't care what the Bible says. You say, but the Bible says this. No, I don't care with that. I don't care about that. And not only are they not even going to not care about it, they're not going to put up with it. They're going to oppose it, come against it, and try to run it out of their lives and out of their culture. The, the time will come, well, maybe it has. Maybe it has. Do, do people care anymore if you say, well, the Bible tells me so? Do, do Christians care anymore if the Bible tells me so? I don't know, man. I could meddle right here. Um trying to hold myself back. Mm. Instead, uh, to suit their own desires, they will gather 
around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Isn't that so interesting that, that what is done instead of sound doctrine is to gather around people who will influence them and tell them what they desire, tell them what they want to hear. So, so when people aren't putting up with doctrine, they're, they're turning to others, to other people and are justifying their, their false doctrine by what, other, by what others are saying. Because, I don't know, there's just something about, we probably all know this is true. Right? We probably all have done this. If, if we think something, and we believe it, and we can go get someone else to say what we're saying, and think it and believe it as well, then we think, yeah, I'm right. I'm right. right? Well, they say it too. They, they agree with me, right? Like if you, get, don't, don't you, if you get upset with somebody, don't you just desire to go find somebody else and share it with them and get them to agree with you and be upset with you too about somebody? And then it, and it helps all the more if you can get like a third person and a, and a fourth person and, and you all are in agreement about how bad this other person is and then you feel like, yeah, I'm right, I'm right. And you feel like that because you've got numbers of others who are telling you what you want to hear. So then it says this, and, and they, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. So there'll be this intentional uh, gathering around people to tell them what they, what they want to hear and, and a turning of their ears away from what they don't want to to hear, and instead of, of the truth that they need to hear, that they don't want to hear, they'll turn aside to myths. T- tell me, I don't know, man, tell me if this prophetic word in Scripture is not, is not happening right now. They're turning, gathering around themselves a great number of people telling them what they want to hear, turning aside from what is actually true, and turning to myths that are, that are myths, that are made up, that are false, that are wrong, that aren't even true. There are, there are things right now being said and declared as true that are not true. And, and, and you got to stand against them because not only are they not true, they're destructive. And destroy those who embrace them. Right? You remember Jesus' story in Matthew chapter 7 where he tells about the, the wise man and the foolish man? And the wise man builds on on Jesus and who he is and on what he has said. And his house stands and it's not destroyed and it doesn't come down. The foolish man builds on the sand. And what happens to his house? It's, It's destroyed. It crashes and it says great is its destruction. Great is its crash. Shouldn't we, as the people of God, who have the word of God and the truth of God and the wisdom of God, shouldn't we try to stop the fool? Shouldn't we say, hey, whoa, man, what are you doing? That's sand. Don't build there. It's not going to last. It's not going to stand. Look, I see the clouds gathering in the horizon. They're, they're dark and angry. A storm is coming. If you build there, your house is going to go down. What are you doing? Please, stop. Let me help you. Come this way. There's a rock you can build on that will, that will hold your life and your house will not come crashing down. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we in love and gentleness... 
in, in concern stand against the, the building of the house on that which will not hold it so that there won't be a great crash? Shouldn't we declare the truth and the goodness of God so that a house will be built on, on, on the rock that can hold it and when the storms come, it will stand. And when the enemy attacks, it will stand. And when the deception comes, they will stand. I want lives to be built on Jesus and marriages to be built on Jesus and churches to be built on Jesus and a nation to be built on Jesus because Jesus is the rock and on him we stand and don't come crashing down. No, have, you, have you seen the great destruction? Who enjoys that? I don't, I don't enjoy watching my relationships, my friends, my loved ones go down with a great crash when it doesn't have to be. Let's build on the truth of the Word of God. Let's live by the truth of the Word of God. Let's proclaim the truth of the Word of God. If you will, your life your house will stand. By the way, just, just let me say, just let me say, there's not an exception to this rule. You're, you're not, you're, you're not going to be the one person that can reject Christ and, and, and the Word of God and build your life on, on whatever you think and say and believe or, or what your itching ears want to hear and, and your house stand. There's, there's the rock and then there's the sand. And, and if you don't build on the rock, your life doesn't stand. It's just as simple as that. So don't do it. Don't build on the sand. And your house won't come crashing down. Build on the rock that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so in, important to this is who are you listening to? Now there, there's, a, there's a story in Scripture uh, that uh, that just perfectly illustrates this passage of scripture, um, the gathering around oneself of 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 many people who will tell you what your itching ears want to hear, turning away uh, from the truth, listening to the to the wrong uh, voices, and uh, I, I just want to share it with you. I'm not going to. I'm going to read out the whole thing. I'll just tell you uh, some of this uh, for sake of time. We've talked about it before. This this story. Uh, has so much truth for life uh, in it uh, uh, from, the, from the wrong perspective. Uh, truth for life of what not to do. And so from what not to do, we can learn what we need uh, to do. It's, uh, it's found in 1 Kings uh, 22. It is the, it's really a tragic and sad uh, story of the, of the death of King Ahab. Many of you know King Ahab and his story and, and what a wicked and evil man uh, that, that he was. Let me remind you of, of just a few of the events in Ahab's life. He, uh, he lived through the praying of Elijah to turn off the rain, and then he lived through the praying of Elijah to turn back on the rain. You remember the story of, of when the rain comes back on? That a uh, that what has happened before that is the fire coming down on Mount Carmel and consuming the sacrifice that Elijah built, but, but all of Ahab's prophets not being able to get a single spark to fall from the sky and ignite their, their fire that was probably doused in gasoline if they had that, in, in some, kind of, some kind of flammable 
liquid. He, he sees this. He's there. He experiences it. And, and, then, and then Elijah goes and prays, and, and the heavens open, and it rains, and it hadn't rained for three and a half years. And, and he's experiencing this, and, and then he, he gets in his chariot and, and rides off towards Samaria, and, and Elijah, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, runs, and I just wonder if he was running just outside, just, just inside of, of, of Ahab's sight, so that he could see this anointed man of God just running before him the entire time and unable to catch him. I think Ahab was probably a competitive guy. And he wanted to win that race and he was not able to win that race. And it was just, it was just God proving to him that he's God and proving to him again that he's God. And then if he hadn't done it enough, he, he has Elijah just run in front of him the entire time. Proving to him again that he's God. These are just some of the events in his life. And, and then instead of, and then instead of, Instead of repenting and turning to the Lord and making the God of Elijah the God of Ahab. You, you remember the kings that have done that? Like Nebuchadnezzar, who said, who said, now the God of Daniel is the God of King Nebuchadnezzar. That's a powerful moment. Ahab, instead of doing that, what does he do? He runs to his wife Jezebel to see what she has to say. To see what she thinks he he makes this this mistake of listening to the wrong person of running to the wrong person and Jezebel is not troubled or bothered by all at all of these events in, in, in that she is afraid of God instead she curses Elijah and says that she's going to kill him she's going to she's going to slay him by the in the next day and and Ahab even though he has seen all that he, even though he saw fire come down from heaven, even though the, the rain was opened up and came pouring down, even though he sees Elijah run in front of him all the way, he is not impacted or influenced by that. He's influenced by what his wife says, by what Jezebel says. He just listens to the wrong person. And now, coming to, coming to chapter 22, we see Ahab, uh, by the way, we could, we could go into, into talking about Naboth's vineyard. What, is, what does he do here again in, in the story of Naboth's vineyard? Ahab just, he just listens again to the wrong person, to Jezebel. And here in, in 1 Kings 22, Ahab is, he is stewing over the fact that Ramoth Gilead is no longer under his control. And, and he's upset about this because Ramoth Gilead is, is a very wealthy city. And so all of that wealth is out of his control. And it's in the control of, of, of the king of, uh, of Aram. And, uh, and so Jehoshaphat is the king of, of Jerusalem, of Judah. And, you know, at this point in time, the, the tribes are split up, uh, the ten uh, are uh, are under King Ahab and and Judah and Benjamin are under Jehoshaphat, and we know some stuff about Jehoshaphat that that this man has glimmers, you know, moments of being an incredible man of God. Now, he comes to visit uh, King Ahab, and and in visiting King Ahab, uh, King Ahab says to him, "Hey," he says, he says, uh, he says, "Will you go to war with me 
against Aram so that we can retake uh, Ramoth, uh, Gilead. Uh, and Jehoshaphat says to him, he says, hey, he says, he says man, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your guy. I'm, I'm your king. Your, uh, your army is, uh, my people are your people. My army's your army. My horses are uh, your horses. And, th- and then Jehoshaphat says this to, to Ahab. He says, he says, but first, shouldn't we seek the counsel of the Lord? That's verse 4. It says, so he asked Jehoshaphat, will uh, you uh, fight with me against Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, first seek the counsel of the Lord. Now you need some, you need some friends in your life like that. You need some people in your life like that, that, that when you go to talk to them, they say, I say, hey, you know what we should do? We should see what the Bible has to say. What does the Bible tell us about this? What is the word of the Lord? So in verse 6, uh, King Ahab brings all these, all these prophets uh, around him. He brought together men and, and asked them, shall uh, I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall I refrain? And they say, they answered, go, uh, the Lord will give it into uh, the king's hand. Uh, but in verse 7, but Jehoshaphat asked, is there not a prophet of the Lord where, that we can inquire of? So, so what happens here is, is Ahab uh, Ahab gathers around him all of these prophets who will tell him what his itching ears want to hear. But Jehoshaphat looks at all of these people and says, says these guys, there's not a one of them that are hearing from God. There's not a one that is, that's hearing from the Lord. He says, Ahab, you're doing this again, man. You've got around yourself the wrong people telling you the wrong thing. I'm not sure exactly what God's going to say about this, but I know these people don't know. He quickly recognizes the people who do not know what God has said. And I pray that God will give all of us wisdom to recognize the voices in our lives that are not of the Holy Spirit, to recognize the voices in our lives that are not from God, to recognize the voices in our lives that are not telling us the word of the Lord, that are not saying what the Bible says. So uh, Jehoshaphat says, is there anyone here to inquire uh, of the Lord? Uh, And in verse 8, the king of Israel uh, says this, he says, there's still uh, one man through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. Because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. So, so there's, there's one guy who will actually tell Ahab the word of the Lord, and Ahab has turned his ear away from him because he doesn't, he doesn't ever tell Ahab what Ahab wants to hear. He only tells Ahab what Ahab needs to hear. He doesn't ever tell him what is good, for what Ahab thinks is good for him. He only tells him what God is actually saying. So, so are you seeing this? Ahab's got this huge decision that he's going to make. This huge decision of, of, of going to war against Ramoth Gilead. He's, he's trying to drag other people into it. Trying to bring Jehoshaphat into it. And, and, and the one 
person that will actually speak the truth to him, that will actually tell him what God says, is the one person that he's turned his ear away from, the one person that he's not invited to the party, the one person that he doesn't want to hear from. Instead, he's gathered around himself a great number of people that are going to tell him what his itching ears want to hear. And so, somehow or another, somebody got invited to the party that would actually point this out for him. Jehoshaphat. And he says, man, there's nobody here that hears from God. Shouldn't we get somebody that can actually hear the word of the Lord? And he says, yeah, there is somebody. I don't want him. I don't want him because he doesn't tell me what I want to know. He doesn't tell me what I want to hear. So, so Ahab is on the verge of making the mistake again of listening to the wrong people. Not listening to the right person. The right people. So, so they go and get him. And uh, while they're going to get him, there's this huge party that that takes place. I'm, I'm dancing. It's my party dance. Right here. There's this huge party that, that breaks out and, and, and all these prophets are prophesying that they should go up and, and fight Ramoth Gilead because they're going to be victorious. And so, so the messenger's going to get them. There's this party taking place. And when the messenger gets to Micaiah, he says, hey, all these guys are telling the king what he wants to hear. So why don't you just do the same thing? So when Micaiah comes, this is, this is so interesting. When Micaiah comes... To, to Ahab, he says to Ahab says to Micaiah, he says, Hey, should I go up and fight or should I refrain? What, what does God say? And Micaiah says, Yeah, go. Go fight. Lord will be with you. You'll be victorious. And Ahab, even though Micaiah tells him what he wants to hear, what he's desiring to hear, Ahab calls him a liar. Ahab all, already knows that he's wrong. He already knows that these guys are not telling him the truth. And he, calls, he says to Micaiah, he says, Hey, how many times do I got to tell you to not lie to me and tell me the truth? Tell me what God actually says. And so, so Micaiah tells him the actual word of the Lord and says, If you go, you're going to die. If you, if you go into battle, you will not survive. You will not return, you will die. And, and, and then the, the other guys that are prophesying, they you know, smack uh, Micaiah and say, you're lying, you're, tell, where, you're not telling the truth. And, and so, so Ahab now has, he has the one guy who tells him the truth, telling him the truth, and all of these others telling him what his itching ears want to hear, and he's got the decision, who am I going to listen to? And really, that's, that's the only decision he's got to make, just who am I going to listen to? What voices am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to the ones that I know are not telling me the truth, are not telling me the word of God, but it's telling me what I want? Speaking to my ears what they want to hear. Telling me where I want to go, the direction I want to head in. Or am I going to listen to the one guy who's actually telling me the truth? Because the one guy who's actually telling me the truth is telling me that if I go f attack Ramoth Gilead, it's going to end in my destruction. Or am I going to listen to the guys that are telling me, yeah, go. Go do it, man. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. The Lord's going to be with you. You're going to be victorious. You're going to take back the city. You're going to get all of its wealth. You'll be the greatest king ever. What should I do? Who should I listen to? Now, now you could say that 
that Micaiah was the one guy who truly cared. The one friend that he really had. The one friend that was truly concerned because he was the one friend that told him the truth. That, that man, you can go that way, but it's going to end in your destruction. So, so what does Ahab do? Ahab, again, listens to the wrong people. And he goes into battle against Ramoth Gilead. Now, now he listens to Micaiah enough to go in disguise. He says, I'm going to disguise myself. I'm not going to look like the king. But yeah, Jehoshaphat, you go. Dress up as a king. I'm going to go not looking as a king. You go as a king. We're going to go off into battle. He thinks, he thinks he's the one person that doesn't have to listen to the word of the Lord, that, that can build on the sand, that can do whatever they want, that's so smart, that's so wise, that's so clever, that's so intelligent, that they can get around what God has said. You probably know the story. He goes into battle, ignoring the word of the Lord, goes in disguise, and an archer shoots an arrow at random, and it hits him in a fatal spot in his armor, and Ahab dies in his chariot on that day, as the word of the Lord said he would. It's such a, it's such a tragic story always to me because, because he had the opportunity to not go. He had the opportunity to listen to the word of the Lord. Or, or in our day, we could say to listen to what the Bible says or to listen to the, to the few people in, in our lives who are telling us what the Bible says. But again, he makes this classic mistake of listening to the wrong people. We, if we're going to form sound doctrine in our lives and make, make life-giving, life-changing decisions and go in the direction that God wants for us to go, I'm not saying that this is all there is to it, but one of the incredibly important things that we've got to make sure we're getting right in our lives that we can so easily get wrong is who are we listening to? What are our relationships saying? Are they saying to me the things that are right and just and true? Because I'll tell you, tell you one more time. One of the major, major mistakes that I have seen made in my 24 years of preaching and pastoring, and I know I don't look that old, but hey, I am. When it comes to people believing wrong and choosing wrong, is they're simply listening wrong. There's somebody in their ear that's telling them wrong and they're believing it or, or they're using it to, as fuel to do what they want to do. We've got to get it right. Who are we listening to? And the people you need to listen to. It, I think you can almost say it like this. I think Ahab already knew. He knew those who he should listen to. I, I, I've listened to people say this to me before as, as they look back over their lives. They, they'll say stuff, they'll tell you their story and they'll say stuff like this. They'll say, you know, I knew not to do that. And I did it anyway. And then they'll tell you the people in their lives that told them not to do it. 
and they knew they were right, and they didn't listen. They did it anyway. They'll say, man, God was, I knew it, it was wrong, I did it anyway. And then they'll say this, I wish I would have listened. Don't you think Ahab would have said that as he's bleeding to death in his chariot, watching Israel lose this battle? Don't you think he said that? Oh, man, I wish I would have listened. I knew, and I didn't listen. Yeah, I think... I think the Holy Spirit's at work in a lot of our lives, and we know, and we don't listen. Don't make that mistake. Always, always listen to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God, and listen to the few people in your life who you know hear from God. What was Micaiah? He was the one guy Jehoshaphat said, is there anybody here who hears from God? He said, there's one guy. I don't want to talk to him. Who's who's the one guy? Who's the two or three people? Who do you know hears from God? Like like if you you get up against it and, and you need to know what God says, you know, when the rubber meets the road, when when you're at the end of your rope. When, it, when it's desperate time, who would you go to? Who's that person? That's someone you need to listen to. The person that you would say, you know what, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I know they hear from God. I know they love Jesus. I know they're full of the Holy Spirit. I know they're full of the Word of God. Who is that person? Are you running them out of your life? Are you running them out of your life? Because you don't, you don't want to hear what they've got to say because you know they're not going to tell you what your itching ears want to hear. Don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake because it's going to end in you at some point in time. Not the place you want to be in. Not, not in freedom. Not experiencing the goodness of the Lord. See, see, God wanted all that for Ahab. But it was all gone simply because he listened to the wrong people. And he ends up in a place in life that he never wanted to be. That's, that's why like, my voice raises, right? And I get passionate. Because I don't want you, I don't want you to end up in a place that you never wanted to be, bleeding in a chariot, wishing you had listened to the word of the Lord. Because if you don't listen to the word of the Lord, that's what will happen. You say, Pastor, I'm going to end up bleeding in a chariot. No, you're going to end up what you don't want happening to you. But if you'll listen to the word of the Lord, and I don't know why God has done this, but he's made us influenceable. And he's called others to have an influence in our lives. And we've got to make sure that we've got the right people influencing us. That we're listening to the right voices. And there's not going to be many of them, but there will be a few. Almost everybody I've ever talked to has got a few that they know, they hear from God. And if I want to know what God's saying, and if I want to know what's right and just and true, I'm going to go talk to them. And they're not going to tell me what I want to hear. They're going to tell me what I need to hear. And what we need to hear will, will, will keep us free, and it'll keep us under the goodness and the blessing of the Lord. 
and we'll end up in life where we want to be. Let's get this right. Make sure we're listening to the right voices in our lives. Let's pray together. Lord, we we thank You that You have brought men and women of God into each and every one of our lives. And we pray, Lord, that You would give us the wisdom to get to get this one thing right and make sure that we are listening to the right voices. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to do this all the days of our lives. And and this isn't the only thing, but this is a huge thing. If we're listening to the right voices, this is going to help us to watch over our doctrine and make sure it's true, make sure it's sound. And and in doing so, we're reminded of what you said to Timothy, of what Paul said to Timothy, of what you have declared in your word, that, that when we do that, we'll save not only ourselves, but those who hear us as well. Lord, I pray not only that you'd help us, Lord, to, to listen to the right voices in our lives, but that you'd also help us to be the right voice in the lives of others as well. You know, so, that, so that we uh, can, can be people who are living by what the Bible says, and we can be people who are influencing others to live by what the Bible says, uh, because it's right and true and good. It's going to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and lead us in the way that we should go, the way of freedom, the way of blessing, the way of life and that more abundantly and that eternally. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just, just let me ask all of you here and all of you listening and, and watching, if you have not trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you've not made Him the rock that you're building your life on, don't, don't wait another day. Today is the day of salvation. Pray with me and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are truth, that you are life, that you are the way. And I declare that I will build my life on you. I make you my Savior. I make you my Lord. I make you my rock, my forever passion. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.